Hello, I'm your host, Kathy Chester, and welcome to the Move It or Lose It podcast, a podcast about all things that move the mind, body, and soul. The Move It or Lose It podcast is for information, awareness, and inspirational purposes only. I am not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. So please consult with your doctor before making any medical decisions. The views expressed by advertisers, guests, or contributors are their opinions and not necessarily the views of the Move It or Lose It podcast. Hello, welcome to another segment of Move It or Lose It podcast. So I know I say this often, but this guest I have wanted on for a very long time. We all know and love Ardra Shepard. So Ardra, thank you so much for being on my show today. I've been thrilled and very excited to have you. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. I feel like I'm uh, on the lose it end of move it or, or lose it. I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sucking at physio lately, but maybe I will leave this conversation feeling inspired. Good. Maybe you can do one with me and we'll do it uh, like a shared collaboration one you can do. Oh we'll God. do a seated workout. No one needs to see that. No one needs to <laughs> stop. Everybody gets afraid and then they do it. They're like, that was not nearly as, as scary as they thought. I'm sure. <laughs> Tell me about, first off, you just came back from a vacation. How was it? It was really good. You know, good. I feel like we think of rest in general as luxuries, but it's, there. it's, you know, you, you do heal when you are resting and yes. even just to recharge creatively and professionally, it's, it's really important. So, yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on, so you really needed that rest time. Now, what was the time change for you? It was one hour. Okay. So not too bad. No. And it was the right way. Right. Like we, so we went to Mexico. So we gained an hour yeah. uh, when we got there, which was, which was nice. Oh yeah. I know the, my last one was in LA and I struggled not there. I did wonder, but you never do there. Cause it's all exciting. And then coming well, home. <laughs> it's always, it's harder going East than going yeah. West. Yeah. So coming back home East, I was like, I'm cold. It's winter again. I was like, I want sun and summer. So I do think you're right. Like that hour isn't as bad, but coming when it's like a four or five hour, it's like uh, coming back. I'm sure you're running into all the crazy busy. So you got picked up for a second season of yes. So tell us about that. Tell us about just getting started with. I love how you're talking about this show as if everyone has seen it, but oh, it's um, it every fashion disc. I know. No, it's like, it's so sweet, but it's, um, yeah, it's a Canadian television show. It's called fashion yes. Dis. It's a lifestyle series. Um, it's a makeover series right. actually that, uh, was created and hosted by me and it features people with disabilities. So yes, our second season premieres on May 3rd and, uh, I'm really, really excited. Yeah. So when you even thought about like, where did the thought, the concept even come from when you were like, I mean, you and I have talked a bit, obviously about like how the disabled, there's nothing for them. There's not, they never feel, we never feel like 
oh, that outfit's for me. It fits perfect. It's going to fit around my AFO. I'm going to look glamorous. So and then you're talking about getting into chairs and stuff and what is there for us and how much are we highlighted? Never. So yeah. when did you become bold enough to say, I'm doing this? No one's doing it. I'm doing it. It's really interesting because the landscape of fashion and representation and accessible and universal design in fashion and beauty products is exploding and has changed so much in the last like two or three years. Every year it's exponentially more. So, but my idea for this show happened several years ago when I started moving from relapsing, remitting MS to secondary progressive. And I started to need mobility aids. I was looking for disabled style icons or somebody to like emulate and I couldn't find anything. So, you know, things are much, much different now, but my initial idea for the show wasn't necessarily about highlighting all the amazing designers that are working in accessible fashion, which the show definitely does. But for me, the initial impetus was for representation. I was like, where are the, the models in magazines or just people who, because there's actually a lot of us and, and I just felt like erased from that conversation and, um, you know, just wanting to reclaim the narrative a little bit. Yeah. Oh, their faces after. Yeah. I mean, the way, I mean, my gosh, I, I was crying. I was just like, wow, like they've never felt like that before. They've never had that feeling of like, I'm beautiful or I, I can be handsome. I can, I can feel comfortable in my skin. And it was just really overwhelming. I think it's, you know, when you have never had access to clothing that was made for you, it can feel like you don't have a right to be in this space or or to belong in this space. Right. So we have a woman on season two. She is a black young woman with dwarfism and she's the, she's the only one in her family with wow. dwarfism. So she's literally never seen another black woman with dwarfism. Like she's never seen anyone that looks like her represented in, in style, in beauty, like her mom, like she's never had this example. And, and also like, she's never had clothes that are made for her. Like, what do you tell yourself? Right. What do you tell yourself about I don't know. She's so confident. She's so cool and so exciting to just give her this experience, shine the light on her, give her the photo shoot, the full makeover. And yeah, like, because she deserves to be seen. And and also just then that feeling of, you know, other young girls who look like her, like having her as an example to say like, she's cool. I can be cool too. Yeah. I mean, I think back to even like Tyler Campbell, when I interviewed him the first time and, you know, people like him talking about like how he's never seen anyone like him. And so I think what you're doing is so important because so many of our autoimmune are sick, all of it. It's like, you didn't just pick one thing. You pick people who struggle with not knowing anyone like them, never seen anyone like them that have been like, oh, okay. Like, oh, these are cute outfits. I can go, I can go to Nordstrom and look at, look at this whole section for me. So I think like 
what Tyler was saying, I never saw a black man that that had what I had. All I saw were white, middle-aged or younger women that had this disease. And so I think what you're doing is so excellent. How do you go in and decide who the people are going to be that you choose for the season? Yeah. So the makeover candidates, it's really exciting. The variety of people that have applied to be on the show And it's a real challenge, actually, when there is so little representation, it's hard. I mean, we need many, many, many seasons of this show just to be able to demonstrate all the different ways that there are to be disabled, but like all these really cool stories and, and beautiful people and you know, just it's interesting to shine a light on some of the obstacles that people with disabilities have when it comes to clothing, it's not obvious. Yeah. And it's not something that I was aware of until I needed some of these things myself. And, and even then, you know, I don't need, we, I mean, we all have different needs. So it's, right. it's really, it's cool to see how many brands are embracing this and mainstream yeah. brands and um, how the options are just getting better all the time. Oh yeah. But what I found fascinating as well is just when you want to be sexy with your spouse or something, it's like, okay, I loved that. I loved it that they're doing more and more with negligee and sexy things for us to be able to put on that fits when you're in a chair, when things aren't working, you can't get your arm into something. You can't get your leg into something. It's like, yeah, I feel super sexy now. Let's go. I've definitely said, can you help me take my pants (laughs) off in a non-sexy way? more than once. Like when you are trapped in your clothes, it's the worst. It's like, help me get this on my arm stuck, everything stuck. And the sexiest that I can be, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to be naked because it's just not working. (laughs) We have made clothes unnecessarily complicated, you know, like buttons and latches and everything's tight. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you battling a chronic illness like multiple sclerosis and know it's time to add exercise program and movement to your body in order for you to have the best health and independence for you? I am so excited to announce the launch of my new program, Damn It, a disrupt, move and transform program. For us, autoimmune warriors with a trainer who really gets it, me. You can participate in either virtual one-on-one training, virtual group training, or both. To find out more on how you or loved one can benefit from this training, email me, msdisrupted at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook or Instagram at msdisrupted. Look at the website, msdisrupted.com. Take a look. Can't wait to see your face. So let's go backwards now. One funny thing you said in the questions I asked you. So pre-disease, pre-MS fun, you wanted to be an opera singer and you said for real. So I wouldn't Yeah, joke. no, not funny at all. It was like my my dream. Uh, oh, uh, you are a singer? You can well, sing? Well, I, I, <laughs> I could. I'm, um, I could uh, at some so point. Do you want to like go for it now? Absolutely you not. You know, I think oh, one of my one of my, like the last relapse that I had was one of the more devastating ones because 
I had already really stopped being able to sing from a stamina yeah. point of view, but the last attack I had affected my speech and swallowing. So, yeah. I mean, you can't super tell unless you have a really trained ear when I'm speaking. Right. Usually when I get tired, it sometimes yeah. does crap out, but I mean, that was a really gutting thing to lose the ability to sing, yeah. but and I will say that singing was so important to me for so long. I There was definitely a time when I thought I couldn't live without singing. And it was a surprise of my life, really, to discover that I could find other ways to be creative that were just as fulfilling. And so I encourage people with MS, whatever MS takes from you, instead of focusing on the thing that it took, like for me, singing is one example, um, like to focus on the feelings that you get from doing that thing. So for me, like singing was about communicating, storytelling, a little bit of showing off, like, um, (laughs) performing, you know, all of these things. It's like, what's another way to access those feelings? Like what's something else I can do that is going to give me the same kind of results. So I like that. I love that. I often will say similar things like when I'm training someone with MS or an autoimmune disease, especially the men, I'm not dogging on the men, but they'll want to go back and it it takes them down. You know, I want to go, I want to go box. I want to go do weights like I did before. And so I'll often say, let's go back to something you haven't done before. And let's try that. Because the stuff that we've done before can often be so depressing that we can't go back and do it. So if we could try something new, we can't compare it. I absolutely love that. And I think it's important to leave yourself open to the possibility that there are things that you haven't considered, you know, that might be awesome. And I know I joked earlier about my laziness, but, um, I, like I recently discovered therapeutic horseback riding and, you know, that's something that's really awesome. And yeah, it's something really different, you know, like I'm not doing like cardio aerobics stuff anymore, but yeah, I've like found a a different way. You're right. It's about looking forward and finding ways to reinvent for sure. And that that's such a big thing. And it sometimes can be so difficult to change our thinking on that, to do something new. But I think that's why someone like you, you know, gives so much hope. And I think that the speaking that you do, I love the podcast that you're doing. I think it's smart that you're doing it once a month or you'd go crazy. You would have no time. Even once breathe. a month. Oh my God, it's so much work. I don't know how anyone does it more. Well, I had stopped doing it once a week because I was going mad. And so I did now I'm doing it every two weeks. And so once a month, I think you're doing great at that. Thank so you. how did you decide to go into the podcast with all of your other stuff going on? I didn't. Like I was approached by AMI because I was like, yeah. like, really another like a do we have enough podcasts um <laughs> but um you know ami which is the broadcaster that right. um that does fashion disc they had approached me uh with an offer to do the podcast so you know having a producer and somebody behind the scenes to do the editing definitely yeah. helped make that decision easier and i also felt like it would free up a little bit of 
time maybe from writing to do other things. I don't know that that's necessarily true. Um, you know, um, but I, it's like, a, it's a new challenge yeah. and, uh, it's definitely scary because as a writer, I like to be very intentional about what I say and in interviews or on right. the podcast, it's like, it's always that feeling that you have, you know, when you drink too much and the next day you're like, what did I say? Oh, so often. I'll hear like, that was a good question. Oh no, you don't edit it. You don't have anything to do. Now you do have a partner on it, which is, which is neat, but it is funny because you'll get something with someone will say something like that was a great question. You have no memory of it at all. Totally. Yeah. Or maybe you like beat yourself up for all the ums and ahs or, or oh, things that you say too often. For sure. It is. But I think you're doing a great job with that. I think it is really well. I love the tips and the tricks and the things that you did. Um, my necklace I got, I love the necklace that you showed. It somehow got, it's somewhere. I don't know. We went at Christmas, we went up North. I'm like, where is my necklace? I wore it one time. So we'll see where it is. So it's beautiful. I would definitely go onto the podcast. I know you have it linked with, um, it was on the Christmas gifts or the holiday gifts. That was a revive necklace, revive jewelry. Yeah. They make really nice pieces and they, they donate to a bunch of different causes involved. We're yes. giving them free, free plug here. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have to see if they, um, if they want to uh, sponsor the podcast, <laughs> I think it's funny them. when you get any free time, when I have like Wednesdays, I typically will say is my day to send letters, emails, things like that. And people will be like, Oh, you have a day off. I'm like, not really. I did the podcast. I'd wanted to do it like 10 years ago. So I was just listening to different podcasts. So it wasn't like you or someone approached me. It was like, I started it. Now I'm starting to write letters and, you know, to get sponsors and things like that. So it's a little different. You never have a day off when you're entrepreneurial. No. And I think so many of us with MS are entrepreneurial because we have to be right. Right. It's like, exactly. It's a, it's a life hack to be able to yeah. work for yourself or make your own hours. But, you know, I will say like, it took me a long time to build to an audience, that point. right? Like right. I started blogging in 2015. It was right. a different landscape, you know, like blogging was already kind of peaking, but there were no MS influencers really other than the other Kathy Chester. Right. Uh, right back in, in 2015. So it's like, it's harder maybe now. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I would say that, but I think that you went into this at, at the perfect time and doing the fashion and stuff, I think is a perfect time. Cause I still don't see that. I still don't see very much. I mean, it, I also feel like it's 50 years too late, you know? Things are really changing, but right. ideally we wouldn't need a show like fashion just because people with disabilities would just be integrated into the culture. So when you started the show, tell me now that it's been going and you're going into the second season of it, what would you say was the most exciting in the first season? I mean, it's really exciting to have an idea and to see it come to life and to actually see it become bigger than yourself, right? So it's like my little idea kernel of whatever. And then suddenly it's like, it's not overnight. It takes a long, long time. But at what, there is like a point where you're in a room with like 25 people and it's their job and they're all 
working on realizing your idea and they've all bought in and they're all contributing. And so that part was really, really exciting. And I think the reaction of the cast and crew was also really special. You know, there's like guys working on this show who work in TV camera guys or, or whatever, who just, you can tell they're so moved and they're thinking differently. And I mean, change is slow, but it's incremental. And just to be a part of that is, I mean, it's, it's really great to feel like your suffering has some meaning, you know, like, yeah, that you can kind of like turn it into something cool. What was the most frustrating or difficult thing that you had happen? You know, there weren't really any hiccups in, in the first season. I mean, it was a real pleasant surprise to see how much the production company who had never really worked with disability before the efforts that they made to learn about the community and to educate themselves and how much they listened and, and how they made it such an awesome environment for all the participants. So yeah, I like, it was just a really good, great experience. That's really neat. I mean, that's when you really know you're in your realm, you're in what you're supposed to be doing. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Move It or Lose It podcast, where you can, again, find us wherever you like your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, join us on that. And we can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests and working together. And as always, you'll hear us say at the end of every podcast, we are stronger together. So let's do it. Let's become stronger together. Have a great day. Hey.